1: Father's Day is coming up this weekend, and I know for my husband Dave, it's the hardest day of the year for him, with the pain of missing our daughter Becca. Today and next week, we are going to hear from Dave and our friend Steve Martindale. This is a recording from several years ago when I did an online summit where I interviewed 18 different perievers with 20 different topics. I'll share more about that later. In this discussion today, you'll hear me refer to the fact that it has been five years since the death of both of our daughters, but I just want to say it's now been 10 years for both of us. Our daughters knew each other, Becca and Naomi, through homeschooling, but we really didn't know Steve and his wife, Danae, until we were all thrown into this unwanted journey. And their daughter, just to let you know, Naomi, ended her own life based on postpartum depression. Unfortunately, since the recording of this, Steve and his wife, Danae, have faced one of our greatest fears as a periever. They have lost another son. And we're back in Wisconsin right now. And just last weekend, we spent some wonderful time with Steve and Danae. And whenever we get together, we always, I know all four of us, walk away feeling blessed and refreshed and strengthened. So here is the first half of my conversation with Dave
2: and Steve. The first question I want to ask both of you is, as a husband and father, your natural instinct is to protect and so I am wondering how this came into play with you both lost daughters so how did that come into play with just that manly instinct of wanting to protect your family in the whole situation everything Steve I'm gonna throw that your way first and then we'll let Dave see what he has to say
3: it didn't really um, engage at first I didn't really go there at the beginning I was in a a different posture trying to help family and whatever but I would say after about a year uh, it really kicked in where I felt like a failure that I wasn't there for my daughter even though she was married and I did their wedding and so Naomi and I were very very close we have four sons and our daughter she was our baby our my forever Mm -hmm. princess and so um, our favorite game to escape the boys and the, the manly costume going on in the home was to play Beauty and the Beast. And so you know, the movie, in fact, the theme of the wedding that I did for her and Bo was on Beauty and the Beast. And so um, even though I was her beast and her protector, I at that point of the wedding, I gave her to Bo to uh, for protection and yet still as we were engaged in the process of her going through uh, psychosis and postpartum depression, I, I went to a real dark place because I really felt as a father those instincts are still there even though Bo was her number one. Um, as a father you cannot uh, just say goodbye to those feelings. so.
2: I had a very
3: uh, breakthrough. I, I'm not saying it's so much theologically correct, but where I had my breakthrough in that, you know, the topic you're talking about, um, where I got free from not being her protector was when I cried out to God. And God says, I'll make you deal. Says, if you don't take on the responsibility, then I won't either. And it was just, I was just free because we live in a world, a fallen world with a lot of variables. And um, I just felt free at that point because that can drive you crazy if, if you go down that road. And uh, so God gave me real freedom uh, that there's casualties and she was a casualty in this war that we're in.
2: Mm -hmm. Dave?
0: I know from my perspective where that really kicked in was in the hospital hallway as uh, we came up there and uh, came into the hospital, walked down that hallway and saw Becca's sister and asked her if uh, Becca had made it and she just shook her head and fell into my arms and I had my boys behind me too. And, and at that at that time, obviously there was shock, but it was really, as a father, what kicked into me was not even, I wasn't even thinking about my pain about losing my, my daughter. It was, I'm holding my baby girl in my arms, mm. trying to protect her. What are, What are my boys thinking? How is this affecting them? My wife was in another room in the hospital. And uh, my thoughts were just flying around, and and just instantly, almost kind of a prayer mode. And God, protect my family, you know, help them through this difficult time. And uh, it, it probably took probably took me, I would say, at least twenty four hours to start feeling the impact of my own loss in that. But even through that time period of preparing for a funeral, there's, there's just that, that protectiveness of trying to deal with everybody else. So it does tend to leave, I think, from it, at least my experience, from a man's perspective, it does leave you where you haven't dealt with the grief yourself mm-hmm. um, because you're trying to help others get through their grief. Mm. So I think for some of us fathers, it hits us later on. Because of that.
2: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, the tears are going. <laughs> yeah, I um, need
0: to I need to shut down your screen so I can
2: <laughs> Right. Sorry. That actually brings me to an interesting point, Dave, because you wrote a chapter in my book, When Tragedy Strikes, and something you talked about specifically was about how grief shatters into every part of our world, especially you as a man, because men tend to live with boxes. And would you just share that here, you know, kind of what you said sure. in the book about that?
0: One of my favorite marital teachings was from uh, Pastor Mark Gunger, um, Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. And he talks about the mind differences between men and women uh, typically and as men we tend to have our minds just tend to be a bunch of separate little boxes there's a box for work a box for our wife a box for home a box for each one of our kids a a box for football or sports and in each uh, we, we tend to take those boxes out when it's time for something we take that box out and deal just with what's in that box. We don't think about all everything else. We just concentrate on that box. And then when we're ready to get another box, we put that ever so gently back in our, in our mind so we don't disturb any other box. <laughs> and uh, we have our favorite box called the nothing box. There's just nothing there, which uh, <laughs> us men get accused of quite often, I think. Mm-hmm. But what I wrote was my Becca box fell and shattered. And as men, typically, I think, I speak for most men, I I don't want to broad brush it, but we tend to then want to sweep all those pieces up and put it in a new box called the grief box. And then we can just put that grief box away and only deal with it when when it's good and handy for us to to deal with it. But the problem is that grief shatters in so many little dust particles, they land in every other box. Mm. So when you grab some other box and you're expecting... To just relax, all of a sudden something hits you, and that grief moment hits you, where you start crying or just getting very sad and about the whole process. When uh, you're in a different box, that's not supposed to happen <laughs> as a man, you know. And that, so I think that's that's one thing about grief; it it affects every area of your life.
2: So what you're saying is that the grief shatters into every box, and you just don't know when it's going to show up.
0: It can even be in my nothing box, and all of a sudden there's a piece that just pops up.
2: (laughs) So do you both still deal with that kind of a thing? Is there still grief that just seems to show up now, even though it's been like five years? Steve? (laughs)
3: Yes. (laughs) Sorry, I'm waiting. Yes, we have pictures, um, and for those that are listening, I encourage you um, to have pictures of the one or ones that you've lost. For us, it keeps them alive uh, in our hearts and the good memories, Um, but there are times that I can just be in a good mood, uh, very up, uh, having a good day, and just look at, my daughter's picture and go into wailing i mean deep wailing for the loss. so um has it gotten better yes but do i believe that i'll ever be totally eradicated from the pain no not on this side i that's just me and i believe in a big god I've been from a lot of things, but this is one where um, it has gotten better, um, but it, I believe it's normal. I want to speak to some that might not think it's normal to still be in pain for so long. I say it's normal, and as much as I know, she's waiting on the other side, and she's laughing, and she's okay, and she's good, and and all those things that make me very happy, she's She's with her, her daddy there, and I will see her again, and there's a lot of hope in that. But there are times that um, are very difficult. Um, yeah. And yes. that's just part of it. That's just part of it. It's okay because God is he God mourns with those that mourn. So he is with us in the whole process. He has not left us. I think you brought up a great point, Steve, too, that especially as a
0: Bible-believing, born-again Christian. And you and I have been in in the the Pentecostal world. We believe in God's power of healing. We've seen it. It's happened to us. It's happened, you know, in Becca's case, it happened over and over and over again, seeing Mm -hmm. miracle after miracle of God sparing her life. But God still has a sovereignty, and... You know, like you said, we're, we're in a sinful, fallen world, and we're not immune from the effects of that. Right. I think of any faith teacher of any kind, everyone I've ever known is a lot older today than they were when they started. That's the effects of death over the years, you know, working in our bodies. You know, Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagin, they died. It, it's just part of the process. And where our faith really comes in and the proof is in the pudding isn't that we saw the result of our prayer and we got healed or somebody got healed. The power is being able to know that we can fall in the arms of that loving God and he can love us through anything and help us through anything and still keep our faith or bring our faith and restore it back to, to where we know when, when we're sick, we can pray and he'll touch us and heal us, even though this had happened in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Thank you for bringing that up. Did you both, Dave, I know your answer to this, but I, I want you to answer it for everyone else and Steve to have a chance at this too. Did you grieve in a different way than your wife? Because a lot of times it seems like husbands and wives tend to grieve almost in totally opposite ways. And if that's the case, how did that affect your marriage? Did it have an effect on your marriage, grieving in different ways? Steve, why don't you go ahead and start for us?
3: I'm very thankful for my wife. Um, we've been um, married for 38 years, and we've tasted the goodness of God for those 38 years. So I'm thankful. Um, I I'm, don't wish this on anyone, but if it happens, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it happened to us uh, where we were not just young Christians, but that we had tasted for many many years the goodness of god and it's it's through that understanding that we could be understanding to each other and so you're right we grieve so different you know where i would somehow have the strength to not have a meltdown in certain places you know where today we would be at the grocery store, we would be any place, and just be sobbing uncontrollably, you know. And I would too, but it was different, I guess. Not, I mean, I did have times where I couldn't control it. It would just come upon me. But I guess what I'm getting to is that what we had was an understanding with each other that it was okay and I did not look down on her and she did not look down on me, like somehow, when are you gonna get it together? We just, um, we gave each other freedom for each other's different kind of grieving and mourning. And um, it was just okay, you know, and that's where grace comes in. If If you don't understand grace, not just with God, but with each other. Um, it's very hard to just live life because this is so huge of uh, trauma, you know, to to continue to go on. But yeah, they and, and I'd say I'm 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 thankful. I mean, I encourage all men to uh, embrace your wife's grieving. With understanding the Bible says know your wife live with your wife according to understanding and to understand that her emotions and her realm and her relationship with the daughter a mother daughter relationship is different than a father daughter relationship and um, to just accept that and let her have her her own way and and Danae has been very gracious let me have my way words can't really comfort that much it's just i know for a spouse i just need to know let her know that i was with her and um not it, it, it's beyond counseling <laughs> you know it's only a work that the spirit of god can can go deep into those deep places to, to heal and restore so i hope that answers it
0: <laughs> yeah you brought up a great point about you know grace is so so important but not always easy to to follow through with. Right. And just having a grace for everybody in the family because they all grieve so differently. And sometimes we can get offended when we don't think they're grieving the way we think they should be. Right. Uh, and uh, I know one thing that you said that I completely agree with our relationship with our child is incredible and awesome. But I don't think there's anything like the spiritual connection. That a mother and the child that she carried for nine months in her womb, that that just can never, it's never separated. <laughs> you yeah. know, the umbilical cord is, but that isn't. And there's a severing when that child dies. That I think the mom goes through. That sometimes the dad has a hard time understanding. It's mm. not that we're not grieving and hurting like they are, but I think there is something different there. Yeah, uh, I think the other thing is. Grace, grace is a choice. As a man, we have to choose to uh, give that grace because so many times, you know, we'll see our wife crying and looking over pictures and memories and inside of you, you want to protect them. So your thought is just Mm -hmm. fixing them and shouting out, why are you doing that to yourself? Put it all up, put it away. You know right. and because that's what I would do why would I want to continue you know that I want to get my mind off is why are you burying yourself into it but that's a part of the grief process that they have mm-hmm. to go through and if I said those words it could potentially be very it's not that they don't appear to me but I have to make a choice not to to say anything at times yeah. and um, that that goes with any I, I know one thing that's affected my wife a lot is the the fogginess of of thinking, especially early on the first few years. Mm-hmm. And I understood that and I, I got it. But mm-hmm. that didn't mean there weren't times that it frustrated the heck out of me. It's like my my goodness, you know. Um, because you have to deal with that. But that would not be loving of me to get on to her about that look you've got to get over this Mm -hmm. you know we're supposed to love our wives as christ loved the church and that means dying to our own selfishness of you're making me uncomfortable would just stop that (laughs) And, and changing to i'm here for you i understand i don't fully get it necessarily but i love you and and i'm gonna i'm gonna be there for you type of thing and and kind of dying to our own self in that way. Those okay. of the areas I think can really, they say that close to 80% or higher of marriages are broken up through tragedies like this. Some question the validity of that. Whether it's true or not, that statistic, one thing is for certain, every single one of those relationships is strained and strained more than ever. And it, it's important to understand who the enemy of our souls are and not blaming each other and realizing that there is a enemy out there. That's going to want to use this tragedy to destroy us. But but God says, I will take everything in your life, even the horrible things. And I promise you, I will use them for good in your life. That's that's a promise we really hold on to.
3: I I was just going to comment to The men especially, to because our thinking and and female thinking is quite different. And so as we try to understand emotionally what they're going through, as they're trying to put words to what's going on, I want to encourage you, don't be surprised when you don't understand what they're trying to say, because they're different than us. It's almost like... Because I'm a fixer, and it's not time to fix. Exactly, it's time to listen. It's time to let them know that, honey, I'm with you, Mm -hmm. and I'll be with you to the end. Um, and to not put a time clock. It's this isn't counseling time. Let's get through this. This is a this is a journey where there's no clock. It's being that that servant. To your wife that where her needs are more important than yours and you cannot expect her emotions to be you know there they've been shocked. And so when there's no like warm kiss or there's no certain times where you wish there was more affection or whatever your expectations you cannot have expectations on your marriage like maybe you did before You have to consider what has happened, and your goal is to love your wife to the end without any strengths. I couldn't agree with that more. That was well said, Steve.
2: I'm just loving listening to you two, (laughs) just letting you two talk and share your heart about all of this. Danae and I are, like, super blessed to have you as our husbands, and through The death of our daughters both Denae and I have gone on to new adventures I know with Denae she has started her own business in her journey towards health I have become an author and starting this whole GPS hope ministry and kind of spearheading that and so we are very blessed to have husbands who are behind us and support us and that's very obvious by the things that both of you have been sharing so a question i have for you now is we may have women who are watching this because they want to fix their husbands okay they want to get their husbands on board and because our grief is so different and because our husbands want to fix us and they don't allow us to grieve is there anything any suggestions you could give to the moms and the wives who are watching this what is the best thing that we can do for our husbands you know not just thinking of our own grief which is really hard to do it's really hard to get past realizing my husband's hurting my children are hurting but do you either of you have any thoughts about what can we do to help our husbands in this journey and even how can we help them help us
1: yes, that is where we are stopping today. And we will pick up with their answer next week. You know, as moms, we can be so wrapped up in our own emotions with the loss of our child that it's easy for us to not realize how difficult this journey is for our husbands, especially for those dads who don't let us see them grieve because they think it's protecting us in some way. So let's make sure that we give our husbands the grace they need, especially for this difficult holiday of Father's Day coming up. I hope what you heard from Dave and Steve today was helpful. If you know someone who might benefit from listening, be sure to share it with them. And I look forward to sharing the rest of our conversation with you next week. I mentioned this conversation came from our Hope and Healing Virtual Summit for Grieving Parents. Just some of the sessions that you'll find in the Virtual Summit are Grief Attacks and Meltdowns with Shelly Ramsey, What If I Am Mad at God with Pastor Dennis Apple, Death by Suicide with Doug and BJ Jensen, Pregnancy and Infant Loss with Kelly Gherkin. There has been so much positive feedback for those who watch these virtual summit sessions. Let me just share one of those with you. Norma says, this is amazing. I'm so very glad to have found this. All your speakers so far have been helpful in some way. This summit is awesome because I personally do not do well in a group setting. And this is one of the reasons I have not attended any retreats. So we make this virtual summit available to anyone who wants to get it for a very reasonable price. You can see all 18 sessions and 19 speakers by going to gpshope.org slash virtual summit, V-I-R-T-U-A-L, S-U-M-M-I-T. Now, I will also have a link to that in the show notes. You can click on and just go right there. And on that page, there's a place where you can click to order the Summit. And since they are digital, you will have immediate access to them. It was also mentioned that Dave wrote a chapter in my book, When Tragedy Strikes, Rebuilding Your Life with Hope and Healing After the Death of Your Child. If you want to know more about that book, you can go to gpshope.org when Tragedy Strikes. The book can be ordered directly from us, and I sign each book that goes out, or you can find it anywhere that you purchase books. Let's go ahead and go on to our birthday segment. Connor Combs was born on June 16th and is forever 25. Calvin Joseph Kendricks Jr. was born on June 17th and is forever 28. Joe Luzzo was born on June 18th and is forever 17. Tony Pozzateri was born on June 18th and is forever 38. We join with these families to celebrate the day their child came into this world. We know it will always be an important day. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced in our birthday segment, the week of his or her birthday, I would love to do that for you. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Just fill out the form with the information we need, submit it, and I will add your son or daughter to the birthday segment. And now I'm going to turn this over to Dave to wrap this up.
0: Thanks, Delara. I just wanted to say to the fathers that are listening, if you're like me, Father's Day is one of the hardest, if not the hardest, holiday of the year. I know it has been for me. Even though over the years it has gotten easier, it certainly wasn't the first few years. You see, Becca was the one that first gave me the name Daddy. As the years have gone by, while the pain may have lessened, the missing hasn't. But the memories of my little girl have grown more precious. They have become the honey to the bee sting. I pray that this Father's Day, you will begin to taste the honey of your child's life more than the sting of their death. So hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.